Cheers to episode 27. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, Tito's mixed with no free ads. Owen's mixer, cucumber and lime mix. Really good. But no ads. No free ads. Water. Free ad. Squid. Water as well. Squid. Long week. I am a squid. So, <laughs> I am a squid. Um, the time is 6.19 p.m. on Tuesday. I almost said January 29th. Get it together. June 29th. And the Pistons are going to draft Jalen Green instead of Cade Cunningham at number one. It's the worst leadoff into a show you've ever had. It's not really true. Complete lie. But it feels what's happening. It's a complete lie. Also, one article. Alex might be in the worst mood he's ever been in to start one of these shows. So this show could be pretty interesting. My mood is totally fine. Totally fine. Usually, for a little background to the audience, Alex and I usually get in arguments right before the show starts about just random stuff. I don't know why. This one he's pretty mad at. And a little teaser, you'll see why later in the show. And another teaser for this show, before we get to our weekly check-ins, is what's on the docket for today. We got the Detroit Pistons fallout from us getting the number one pick in the draft because Detroit Pistons fans can't just be happy, I guess, for what they got. And now there's articles and thoughts everywhere. Then we have a new series we want to start leading into football season is ranking the players on your Detroit Lions. Shout out Dan Miller. And we're going to start with the top 25, and today will be 25 through 21. So our first uh, five players rankings will be today. Super interesting, and we'll see how that goes. Alex's rumor mill segment of the week presented by Codes Apparel, which we actually did not get to last week because we got so caught up in the lottery. I realized that I was listening back editing the show that we did not get a rumor. So maybe Alex will gift us two rumors this week since we missed out on one last week. No, you will get one rumor. (laughs) And you'll like it. And then lastly, the Detroit Tigers had a nice weekend, cool win. Uh, they had a decent month of June, I would say, overall. So we're going to give them some love on this show, despite their terrible loss on Monday to the Indians. And again, the time traveling thing, we're recording Tuesday, so everyone will be listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, most likely. So without further ado, the much-anticipated golf trip for you guys took place last weekend that you teased. Uh, you don't have to start there, but I would like you guys to, you know, Obviously, work that into your weekly update. Let's start with Evan this week. How was your week? How are you? What is new with Evan? This week, let's see, getting back from last Wednesday, Thursday, nothing much, nothing much. Uh, Friday, went to a grad party. It's grad party season now. It is. Um, nice setup. It was raining here in southeast Michigan or all over Michigan, basically all Friday. Um, but the rain kind of went away for a while Friday evening, so that's a pretty nice red party. Enjoyed some beers, um, played a lot of euchre, haven't played that in a while. It was a good time. And then woke up Saturday morning on like four hours of sleep and decided to drive three hours to make my tea time for the golf trip. And I'm not going to lie, there was at one point during the trip, I am white knuckling it through construction 
in complete like black sky downpour rain. And I thought to myself, is this worth it? <laughs> is driving this far worth it this early in the morning? I, I had to debate it. I had to debate it. And then I was just praying I'll get through the rain and I finally did. Got a phone call from Alex at around 7.45 asking, hey, what are you doing? It's like, uh, driving. He's like, oh, what time's your, you know, your ETA? He's like, I plan on getting around the golfers at 8.20. Our tea time's not till 9.10. Remind you that. He's like, oh, well, everybody already got in. So we're about there. We're like six minutes away. Hope you can make it. And I was like, oh, well, I'm still 30 minutes away, buddy. Correct, 9.10. Headless to the middle. I'm, I'm just flying by cars. Just it's two-lane US-12 up by the water, and I'm just passing cars. Just nonstop. Like, I got to get to there to the tea time. And I get there, you know, greet everybody. Like, oh, what's up the wait? Because there's a whole group of 16 guys doing the same thing we are in front of us. We still had to wait. Uh, Red Hawk Golf Course, like I said, beautiful golf course. We played 36 holes on Saturday wow. um, in the rain. But the, I don't think the rain was as bad as I was expecting. I was expecting literally it was going to rain from the time we teed off all the way through we finished. It was like on and off like the first 18 holes. Second 18 holes, it rained a little bit heavier there for about four or five holes where it's like, wow, what are we doing out here? Like you lean over your putt and you just see just like drops of rain coming off the build your head and you can't even concentrate on your putts. Oh, that bad for some of them? Um, yeah. Like no matter what you do, if you had an umbrella, you had all this rain here, you were getting wet. Dude. <laughs> Not my There's dad. No point even trying. Some guys like said, screw the rain gear. I'm going to get in it wet no matter what. And just drop the polo and shorts. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, I shot pretty well. Didn't win that much money, um, you know, had a good time, two good groups, quality time. And Sunday, played the Fortress in oh. Frankenmuth. Windy conditions. After the rain came through, it would just, we probably had a couple holes where, like, the wind was at our backs, like, helping wind. But other than that, it was either inner face or it was left to right wind. So if you hit one up there, knock down, push it right. Uh, gale typed course, so like high grass everywhere. Played a little bit better. Hit the you know, shot of the groups. Out of the 12 of us, led all the groups and birdies. Okay. Not to brag though. On that day? All days. Birdie leader. I've been capped. All. Wow. How many won you that award? Three. Uh, three. Nice. Remember right. the condition. You know, the quality of golf was. Yeah, quality of golf kind of fell down a little net, bit into rain. Net birdies? Or? Real, real, real. Real birdies. Wow. Evan. Oh, yeah. And I contributed to yeah. one of them. Um, How? Yeah, so Sunday morning, mm -hmm. I hear Alex's dad waking up at 7 a.m., screaming at the top of his lung that the sun is out. <laughs> screaming, the sun is out! The sun is out! I'm like, it's 7 a.m.? What are we doing? And realizing it's 7 a.m. and all everybody's like wet clothes. It's just been sitting in everybody's cars because it rained Saturday night. And like trying to dry that out Sunday morning was miserable. Like my car still reeks of like dirty, wet dog. Oh, it'll do. It's nastiness. Oh, no. You can't, you, I can't get rid of it. I can't either. I was driving this morning and i had all the windows down probably going 70 down the highway trying to get rid of the smell no i just got in it this app literally like a half an hour ago nope wouldn't work ew yeah that's stinky Evan, please talk yes. about your the greatest shot i've ever seen you hit please please tell the people 
<laughs> oh, okay. So part five, I'm riding with Alex. This is Sunday's round at the fortress. Um, bath nine, I believe we're on at this point. Yeah. Back nine. I hit a really good drive. It just wound up a little bit off to the fairway in the rough. So the rough is actually like high grass, but I had a favorable lie. High grass wasn't around me. It was kind of just like on patchy rough. No fluffing. No fluffing. Ball down. No fluffing. Ball down. Alex got the yardage about 220 out. Uh, I know I have a club that I can hit consistently 200. Guaranteed I'm going to hit 200, 200, 200. But I have another club, a hybrid. It's like a three-wood hybrid mix. And I was like, you know what? I'll try it. I'm going to try to hit this. Yeah. And I play a natural draw. That's just the way I swing. It's always a draw. Always a draw. I'm Ball's elevated. It's up. I'm like a little bit of a hill. And I've played this massive cut to get it onto the green. I don't know if I can do this now. It's just said, do it. You have to hit a cut. You have to hit a cut. And so I try to go through my free check leads, you know, right foot forward a little bit, open up the club base a little bit, and then you got to swing hands a little bit inside. You don't want to wrap around it. It's a little baseball swing, a little inside. And I told myself, you know what, head down. If it goes far left because it doesn't cut, it doesn't, you know. So I hit this beautiful shot, and Alex is just freaking out in the golf cart. He's like, God, God. He's like, oh, my God, it's cutting. And so I lose track of it because I'm trying to move and, like, find the ball. Alex is like, oh, my God, it's cutting. I see it land, boom, on the green, goes past the hole. It landed, like, two screaming. feet from the pit. Get in the hole. Get in the hole. Garrett's in the uh, other cart with Drew. I just stand up and do one of the flex motions, you know, just celebrating because right. one of us finally gets, like, an excellent shot. Missed my ankle putt, tap and birdie though. So that was probably, like Alex said, the shot of my life, uh, awesome. 220 out, a club that I don't hit often, and I put it on a green. I was proud of myself. Wow. it's great. You were one with the slope. So it might, it, all, it might all be downhill from there, though. It was. That might be peak golf game right there. But you have to savor it, which sounds like you did. You flexed. All right. To me? Yeah. Well, my week, boring, did nothing. Don't nothing. do much. I, what, what did we do during the week? We got the number one draft pick. Yes. But we've talked to the people since then. And the high after that lasted me at least still going. I did stay up and watch a lot of YouTube videos for a while. It was good stuff. But basically my entire week revolved around this golf trip that Evan just mentioned. I went Friday, so I didn't get up at you know 5 a.m. or whatever Evan did. Golf-wise, it, it dumped quite a bit. The second 18 on the first day really dumped i mean i was struggling i brought two gloves just in case you know the rain i gotta put on a different one didn't matter both were soaked had to go no gloves was struggling quite a bit to like really grip the club oh so that's like in football when people have to go no gloves it's like same thing so i went no gloves i was playing with my dad in that second round and he was dry the whole time and i have no no idea what he was doing differently than myself and lou we were in a, the same group. Maybe it's because we were Tokyo drifting in the fairways. That's probably why. We are splashing it up. Good times. Sick video. Sick video. Yeah, we got a great video. It could be a good gift later on. Wait, you didn't ask your dad how he stayed dry? I did. What did he say? He said he is old and he knows how to play golf without getting wet. But you, No, like, there is no logical answer. He just simply wasn't wet. 
Well, I need to know more at some point. He I can't just let this go. I have to know how he, he was not. He also changed, like, put on his jacket, put on his rain pants, took them off, took, put them back on, like, 7,000 times. But the guy was never wet. And then after the round, his feet were totally dry. All his clothes were dry. And Lou and I are standing there because the rain had finally stopped, of course, right when we finished. And I'm just standing there just like, looks like I just took a shower with all my clothes on. And he's just sitting there like totally dry as if he played in the sunny like day all day. (laughs) I don't understand. It was infuriating, honestly. In terms of my actual play, I shot an 81. I won every round in terms of gross. I won zero rounds in terms of net because some people were getting way too many strokes. That's a different discussion for a different day. Who? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to name everyone's names. Was it not discussed within the group? So it would be like talking behind their back right now if you said it? No, it was. Basically what happened was someone was way better, is way better now than they used to be. And so their handicap was 18. And then they shoot a 93. So a net 71. I, in this group, am the best golfer, not to brag. Not a big deal. So... They give me zero strokes, and everyone's strokes are based off that. So based on that, I had to shoot a 70, 70-ish, something in the 70s, to win in the pouring rain. So, I mean, that's just never going to happen. So I, I didn't win very much money other than a closest two and low putts one day. And then the, the worst part about being the zero handicap, I finally – so I lipped out a bunch of birdies all week, all weekend. Finally, Tough. I stick one close – tap in for birdie like yes i'm gonna win some skins finally because i actually birdie because i'm not gonna win with pars because i don't get strokes right get into the clubhouse not only does evan cancel me because he parred got a stroke birdie so he cancels me someone made a bogey got three strokes on that hole net eagle now i didn't even push i didn't even push the hole i straight up lost and i made a real the only real birdie on that hole, and I won $0. In fact, I gave away money for it. I don't even know how someone's getting three strokes on a hole. I'm, gonna be, I'm just going to be frank. Well, that said person took about, I don't know, a lot of money that, the whole weekend. I am atrocious at golf, and I've never been given three strokes on a golf hole. It was a par f- four, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't was... know. I wasn't, I wasn't there. I don't know. That just seems ridiculous. <laughs> There is now being discussions that next golf trip, there's going to be a lot of adjustments because that just did not seem fair in my eyes. Sounds like we need a new calculator. Evan and I agree that if you make a real birdie and no one else does, that should count. No more net birdies in that scenario. But I think fair. you can have net birdies, but if you get a true birdie and somebody like gets a net birdie on the same hole, then that regular birdie should trump the net birdie. Great. But if you get a par and somebody gets a net birdie, it's a decent hole for that person, then Great. they can win on that hole. But a regular birdie should trump anything else. Regular eagle should trump anything else. Agreed. And the only other thing was uh, on Sunday, I thought I was going to break 80. I had a decent shot. But my cart partner, Evan, let me down and let me lose my mind on a hole and make a triple. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was just like the soft. I can see why you mentally broke down when you're just throwing the worst, the worst like part that. about it is. Like, it's, it's Evan's job to keep your 24 year old self in check on a golf course. It, it was more of a joke. I actually gave my club to Evan on that hole, 
to use because he didn't have one because cart path only got to walk to your bar. Path only. So if you hit one super oh, far that's left, the worst. you were walking to Waukesheen all the way over to like the other fairway. You couldn't drive all the way across. That's ridiculous. At least do the 90 degree rule if you're going to be stingy about carts. Yeah. So gave Evan my club. He makes par. I'm further and in the fairway. Scalded over the green. Then I hit what I thought was an excellent chip and it nicked a tree, dropped into the heather. And then obviously at that point, my temper was pretty high. So I just went up, whacked it out of there. I don't really know what I did after that. Put it around, made a seven, got the cart, didn't talk for a hole or two. So Jordan Spieth. Yeah. And I think I haven't <laughs> even got a skin on that hole too. A net three. So good for you, Evan. Other than that, it was a lot of fun. My story. Do you guys and, you have know, any uh, playoff situations like at the Travelers? Any dramatic putting back and forth? Because that was that captivated me on Sunday. I was like, oh my god, I didn't think I'd be locked into the Travelers Championship, but here I am. No, nothing, nothing like that at all. Hmm. Well, maybe incorporate it next time. A little playoff putting. Let's see. For me, mine's short. Sometimes when you don't have anything cool happen to you, you don't force it. And that's me this week. So nothing really crazy at all. Uh, it was my mom's birthday on Sunday. So I got to see some family, celebrate that. Didn't really get to go out to any cool or like a dinner or anything, which kind of stunk. We ordered some dinner because I had, I had work until 8 p.m. on the weekend. So just watched a lot of sports. Um, the only notable thing I thought was interesting just to share was because of said rain, and the rain here near Detroit in Birmingham was insane. It was just like five hours of just dumping. So I drove back like an hour on Saturday morning. And I was like, I had like a, the radio on, like podcasts or music interchangeably. So I couldn't really hear my surroundings. But I kept feeling like when I was braking at lights, I could hear like water sloshing around. And I didn't really know. It sounded like it was like my front right like light like part of the car, I was like, well, that's weird. Like you just felt like a, like when you used to fill up basketball hoops in the bottom with water and you slosh it around, you can hear it. I'm like, what, the, what the heck? So I get home and I open the passenger door. I'm like, oh, there's like a ton of water just somehow got into that door, like inside of it, inside the plastic. And I think it's because when I park on the street, it's like slightly tilted where like that is closest to the curb. And I think there just must have been so much water coming down from the angle that it got in the door. And so I like underneath the door, there's like a little piece of rubber that has like grooves that attach to the bottom of it. And I ripped it out and then just like, it looked like someone was peeing. Just like that stream just coming out of the door, underneath the door. And it ran for at least like three minutes, just steady stream onto the street, just drained all this water that somehow got in between the two plastic panels of the door. I don't know how that happens, but it was interesting. So when I drove back home that hour, my car was a little bit more weighed down than normal. But that just speaks to how much rain there was in the state of Michigan this weekend. And we even got more today. So hopefully this humidity can like relax because I kind of missed that Arizona weather from my previous trip when it's just dry heat. You know, I don't need all this sticky, muggy feeling. Besides weekly check-ins, just quick hitters in the national news. Well, this one's pretty much wide open. The playoffs, I mean, I hate – it feels like every week, I guess, we come on here and, and um, kind of nitpick Evans, Bucks, and Giannis, but they just keep catching breaks, man. I mean, first you have Harden and Kyrie get hurt, and now you have Trey Young spraying his ankle on a ref. I mean, we'll see how that game goes tonight, but Trey Young does not look like himself, and they probably would have won that game. 
if he didn't get hurt. And it also feeds to Alex's point where it feels like Chris Middleton is the alpha on this Bucks team. But I guess at some point, Evans got to have to defend Giannis, and he needs to be defended because he's averaging like 30 points a game in these playoffs. So it's not like he stinks, but it just feels like they're just catching break after break. And then the other series, uh, I don't know if the Clippers will die. I could see that game going, series going seven games. So I'm interested in that. The Islanders lost. Shame. And Evans, and team, Vegas Evans team got eliminated. Finally, so he's got the Bucks left. So I guess we'll see with that. I'm worried about the Suns. I think they might lose in seven. Pretty nervous about it. 3 1 lead. Chris, Chris Paul has been new that. I was about to say, has been known to do and, that. And uh, yeah, Bucks are going to the finals. Congratulations, Evan. Chris Middleton is the best player on that team, though, and I don't, I don't even think you can argue it at this balls. point. Balls. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? I thought you said balls. 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 The way you're, like, pursing your lips is freaking me out. Do it again. Balls. <laughs> Does that not creep you out, Alex? Also, Alex, how close you're seeing to your screen is kind of creeping me out right now, too. I mean, you're right in that. I'm surprised the librarian hasn't come over and said quiet down yet. Been saving that one for a while. You're so funny. Not man. actually, that one just came to me. She cut that. Funny that news. Was a terrible joke. Funny news is I'll probably clip that. <laughs> funny news is that my Butler Bulldogs get to beat your guys as Michigan State Spartans this. Uh, we're calling it fall. It'll be fall, yeah, because it's not going to get into December. Um, it's November. For those that don't know. Now you know the Gavit Games, uh, Big Ten, Big East battle. Everyone loves it. It's national talk. Not really. It's just for those two conferences, really. No one really watches No. It's under the radar. Finally, the long way to match up. Michigan State travels to Hinkle Fieldhouse to face Butler. And I know, I mean, you guys didn't say it. I think you feel it, that it's like an easy automatic W. There are some Michigan State fans on Instagram saying, like, oh, automatic dub. Uh, I just want Michigan State fans to know that you were walking into a place who held a 59-game home court winning streak against non-conference opponents, which was the nation's longest streak. More so, we beat out Duke. Duke lost to Stephen F. Austin, and then we held it for a good season. And then this year, injury struck, and we faced a hot Southern Illinois Salukis team, and uh, they beat us. But another fact that you should know is that Butler returns the most minutes of any team in college basketball to their team next year because our point guard, who is probably going to be like 23 years old, Aaron Thompson, chose to come back because he got injured last year. And we were back. And we're running it back. And we can't score. And we're going to catch you guys when your freshmen are still trying to figure it out. Don't get me. Don't get it twisted. You guys will finish the year better than Butler, most likely. But I think in this matchup at Hinkle Fieldhouse with that non-conference mojo, I love Butler's chances. Do you think, Grant, honestly, (laughs) after Michigan State plays Kansas, potentially Baylor, uh, Louisville, like all these... We play play good elite programs every Watch your mouth right now. Do you think Michigan State is going to be scared about a terrible Butler basketball team that just showed last year how bad they were. And No, hear me out. And, and I did watch a lot of Butler games, so... Credit to you. They might have had the, that the worst offense than Michigan State did, and that's that's saying quite a bit. No, I'd say that's fair. 
um, and you are young too. So what are you talking about? Well, there's one. I'll take you Michigan must not I bet anything right We're now. not young. We return the most minutes of anyone. We have like six-year guys on our team. And no, I don't think you guys are going to fear Butler. And I think that's why you're going to get caught with your pants down in Hinkle Fieldhouse. That's what I'm trying to say. Would you like you're to make a slept gentleman's on. bet? Yeah, at some point. I mean, I kind of got to see how things shake out here. Oh, no, no. Let's we got, we got right a sweet now. transfer from Eastern Michigan. I got to see how he looks in our exhibition games, you know. <laughs> so maybe. I can't tell if you're just like doing this for comedy. No, I'm dead serious. I think Butler will win that game. I think it'll be like 60 to 59. I think I said that Michigan State will win by 15. I'll stand by that. Yeah, we'll see. Evan, you have not said anything. You know, I'm letting you two guys go at it. Um, this game is for that Gordon Hayward actually followed Draymond Green. He Facts, did in the 2010 Final Four. He did. Draymond Green shot wasn't a fluke. Look at the pictures. We've seen them. Gordon Hayward followed him. Um, he did. And, like – Rams prediction, I think this game will be super low scoring. Like, this might be, like, an ugly early 2000s basketball game where it's, like, 22-21 at halftime. It's going to be gross to watch. Oh, that sounds like a great halftime score. 47-32-5. You'd be lucky to get in the 50s. That helps us. For the final score. No, it does Yeah, it does. No, it does. Because you guys have potential to score 80. We don't have potential to score 80. (laughs) I like Michigan State's offense a lot better than I like Butler's. So... Whatever. We'll see. That's just basketball. They also released like the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Michigan State got Louisville. You guys get them at home, right? Correct. Michigan goes to North Kenny Goins game. Michigan goes to North Carolina. I feel like we play them every year at this point. Might as well become a conference game. Does but, Michigan but, play in the Gavit? Yeah, they play yeah, they host Seton, uh, Hall. Seton Hall. So two good non-conference opponents I'm looking forward to there. But those way in the future. Just exciting to get you thinking about. I also threw in football recruiting. I did this as a favor to you. So if anyone ever says I'm a biased Michigan fan, I my whole Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon on the shot of Michigan Sports Twitter feed was like, hey, we just got Joey Hauser's long-lost cousin as our new quarterback. I'm joking. I know they're not related. Just ironic. Um, but, yeah, you guys apparently got your quarterback of the 20 – not apparently, you did – of the 20 – well, unless he flips again – of the 20 – 22 class um and co- coincidentally michigan also got theirs so it was just like news blurb quarterbacks are a big deal i don't really have many thoughts on michigan's signing so i'll get out of the way here and let you guys go the only thing i'll say about him is like it's just not as exciting because i project jj mccarthy to basically be a starter here for three three plus years so i don't know how much this 2022 sign is really going to affect like on field performance, unless there's injuries in Fargo. But I'm glad they at least got a quarterback. Yeah, we talked about the Michigan Jaden Denegal, right? That's his name. That is his name. Yeah, it looks like he's just signing to be the backup. He'll probably transfer. Wish him the best. I mean, I wouldn't throw out the T word, but I would say, yeah, like he, he's, going, he's going to be a backup behind JJ McCarthy unless, unless, unless things JJ's change. Bad. Yeah. Or gets injured, yes. But there was more throw it up to you guys, too, if you guys want to throw a parade. Because I saw a lot of people throwing parades. A lot of parade throwing. Like, you it guys just feels good to won the Big Ten on a Saturday in June. Yeah, we're maybe Michigan State's fan base is turning into a is Michigan this, is, I was going to say, is this what it feels like when the hype train is going on Michigan recruits? Is Kate and Hauser going to get the Michigan State bump, as they say? Or is he going to get deduced to a two-star? What's that happen? happen? He's in the Elite 11 finals this week. So, you know, if he performs well there, I'm sure he'll get a bump. Choo-choo. 
I don't know. He plays a, a top three high school football program in the country. Bosco sticks. So, yeah. I mean, it's probably our best quarterback recruit since Brian Lewerke. Inside the Weaver didn't work out. So, no, you were high on that guy. But that was pre podcast, so we won't hold that against you. Everyone was high on that guy. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's exciting, but. Evan, sell me Kate and Too Hauser. soon to say anything else. Sell me Kate and Hauser in like two sentences. Mel Tucker's guy. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Top comment. Uh, West Coast athletic quarterback. Okay. I like that. Quick release. Cannon. Todd McShay. Notes to love. <laughs> Super skinny. All right. So there's your recruiting update for anyone that was dying for a recruiting update. But we'll get more as the classes fill out. Rocket Mortgage Classic back in Detroit, kind of last thing. Um, TBD, I don't know if anyone from the pod will make an appearance there to uh, get in Bryson's kitchen. Evan informed me that you can get kicked out for such things now, which seems soft. PGA, soft for that. Let me say Brooksy if I want to. That's cool. I hope, I guess, Bryson doesn't win our tournament, although he won it last year, I believe. So we'll see. Would love to see uh, Phil, maybe, or Kevin Kisner. I like, I like rooting for those guys. Um, so that'd be cool if they pull one out. Is Ricky playing? I think I saw something today that Hope Ricky, so. Hideki, and Phil are in the same group for Thursday. Wow. Oh, yeah. Don't quote me on it. I don't know 100% factual if you want to look it up right now. But I'm pretty sure I saw that on Twitter. All right. So big things happening at the DGC, the Detroit Golf Club. I actually had to look up the other day where this tournament's at. I, I never really looked, like, locked into it that much. Um, but it seems fun. Evan, it seems like you're researching this group pairing. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, like, the Rocky Morris Classic, people are projecting, like, the winning score to be, like, 30 under based off the scores last, last time and how wet low. the course has been playing. Like, don't be shocked if it's over 30. Yeah. It's, it's an easy event, it sounds like. So it's not the U.S. Open. No. But they did try to make the course a little bit tougher this year. You know, the rough is going to be thicker, and they changed a little, I think, a couple hole layouts or just, like, T's and stuff like that. They're yeah. trying to make it a little bit more difficult, but I don't think it's going to help. All right. Well, look forward to that. Root for the golf course since we're in Detroit. We don't want our golf course to get embarrassed. So, as I kind of let off the show, tease in the beginning, we could just have nice things and a calm lead up to the draft here at the end of July. And I don't, you guys can tell me I'm wrong if you think I'm exaggerating. But at least on, like, articles I've read, tweets I've seen, Instagram posts, the web, not the deep web, the normal web, I've seen a lot of smoke takes that opinions that Cade Cunningham is not a lock to go first for the Pistons, that there's there's this attractiveness about Jalen Green to organizations, and he's coming up, flying up draft boards there's potential trades being floated out, whether or not they're just for fun or like serious. But I don't think we're overreacting is what I'm trying to say. Like I, I do think in the last, it's only been one week that I just think there's been so much smoke about Kate Cunningham not ending up on the Pistons that we got to talk about it. And we're going to discuss like the fallout from the draft anyway, because we won't only got our initial reactions but I guess, first of all, do you guys think this is, like, fair? Like, we're not just – we're not making this stuff up. And, like, I almost said in the notes, like, I'm not – we're not going to call out specific articles or specific takes, really. Maybe we will, but, like, there's enough of it out there that it's worth talking about. I agree. There is a lot of talk 
about the Pistons and not Cade Cunningham. Which is kind of crazy because, I, I mean, everything I've seen is like he's the guy. Um, I want to I hear Evan hop in here first. I mean, I put down a list of questions. I guess the most open-ended one, Evan, you can take it wherever you want, is like now that we're a week removed from winning the lottery, how are you feeling about Pistons having the first pick? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Do you want to puke? Are you like, is it still so a month away you're not even thinking about it really? Like where are you at with, with us having the first pick? I mean, I'm so excited. I mean, this is a Kate Cunningham podcast. Uh, and I don't see it going any other way. And like you said, Grant, there are people out there saying how Houston's in love with Kate Cunningham and the Pistons are in love with Jalen Green and they might swap picks. There's rumors out there for all these trades. I just think it's Kate Cunningham or bust. And I think a lot of NBA analysts will say that. And these articles are getting wrote by reporters so there might be a little you know clickbait here and there um but they're doing their jobs it's well deserved because i think some of the rumors are potentially could be true uh, but i think in my opinion I, it's kate cunningham or nothing you saw our natural reaction because that was because we were excited for kate Cunningham. we were not excited for Jalen green we were not fist pumping for Jalen green uh we were true. getting the best player in the draft um and i think Grant, you were quoted as saying, if you did draft Jalen Green, you would burn your shirt, and I'm going to hold you That was Gillen. That. that was me. Gillen. Oh, Alex. What was I wearing that day? This your Pistons, like, dry fit? Your Pistons. You, uh, you love to make promises in the moment that, like, we have to hold you to if they have. I've made some infamous ones, for sure. Uh, but I, I like, Evan, that you said that about the reporters, because I do want to clarify, like, we're not crapping on reporters with this. Like, like we understand. It'd be super boring if – they went a whole month into the draft just saying, like, yep, Pistons are taking Kate Cunningham. Like, they have a job to do. And also, it's more on the fan base of overreacting. Like, just because a reporter says he knows the team likes the team, the Pistons, likes Jalen Green, that doesn't mean they're taking Jalen Green over Kate Cunningham. It just means they like him. And I think it's like the fan base gets nervous. Like, what are you trying? Like, am I supposed to read between the lines here? And are we not getting Cade? So I think we're just trying to sort all this out and also give our own opinions on the matter because like our our voice should matter like what do, what do we think so i i'm getting the gist from evan that if you're troy weaver because that was one of our questions you would take kate cunningham with the first pick you probably wouldn't consider trading it unless it was like a blow your socks off offer right i am 100 on kate cunningham i think a lot of like jay billis i trust him the most when talking about college basketball i think he's the most intelligent guy okay and he says it's it's like locked in it's kate cunningham chop um, john Rothstein, weaver chop good Last Wednesday, uh, the Pistons on their Twitter account did a uh, wallpaper Wednesday, and he oh. just had a really sick wallpaper. It was him like standing up on like this balcony offices overlooking like I assume the practice gym. Yeah, and he had like the not the national, the world champion Pistons banners above him. I thought it was just like a sick like edited picture. Like yeah. he's about to put one up there himself after we get Kate Cunningham. Yeah, it is. Um, but if I, like you said, Grant, if I'm Troy Weaver, I, I, I don't see it going any way than Kate Cunningham. Super unrelated to. There's something about in the pro sports when they put like world champion sounds so much like cooler than national champion. Awesome. Like a like a college football national champion, whatever. But like when you're a basketball, you're a world champion. Sounds sweet. That just made me think about it. That, but yes, that picture, I love it every time, and it makes me think that we're in good hands when I see Troy just like looking down upon like the whole practice gym, like. Hmm, what kind of moves do I need to make here? Plumley, are you gone? Who else? Who's who's gone? 
Uh, Alex, do you disagree with Evan at all? Or do you see it the same way? Um, I think that these articles and all this stuff, there's probably truth to it. And I think mm-hmm. Troy Weaver ultimately, he's he's he wants everyone to think that he could be taking anyone. I think that's, you know, a solid plan. You know, convince people you might take Jalen Green. I think he's just going to do his due diligence. He will look. They've already interviewed like 10 guys, which definitely didn't need to do that. But (laughs) Troy Weaver, based on what I've read, is he doesn't um, do the whole group think. He just does what he thinks. Ah, I know what article you're talking about. Yeah, which could, which kind of made me nervous because then I was thinking, well, if Troy really thinks Jalen Green is better, he will draft him and he will not care about us, especially not this podcast. So that made me a little nervous. But ultimately, I think once he does all his research and comes to his conclusion, it will be Cade Cunningham and everyone can sleep easy and it'll be fine. And if I was Troy Weaver, I would also take Cade Cunningham. I mean, this is a no-brainer in my opinion, although there's a lot of articles that say it's not a no-brainer. No shade there. They could really think that. But for me... Cade Cunningham is the guy, and as Evan said, this is a Cade Cunningham podcast, Cade Cunningham fan club, and it will stay that way until we draft him, and long after we draft him. <laughs> when, you, uh, when I read that groupthink and then you said it, whenever I hear groupthink, I always think about that creepy book that you have to read 1984 in oh. school. I think they call it like, groupthink or groupspeak, and like everyone's brainwashed to think the same. And in this case, big I brother. can't – Big brother. I kind of wish Troy Weaver would just like – Let's just get in line with groupthink. Let's just be like, big, just do what they. Big brothers watching. Let's just take Cade Cunningham. Let's not get crazy. Let's not do our own crazy research. Let's just stick to the plan here. Alex, you were a little bit, I guess, nicer about like, because I guess so. There's a difference between like people reporting that the Pistons like Jalen Green and that what like just basically just saying they like him. That's all we really know. And then it was us. To interpret, does that mean they like him enough to take him over Cade? And then, like you said, there's people that are like, well, I think the gap between Jalen and Cade is closer, and I would even consider taking Jalen Green. Like, there's people out there saying that. Right. Well, I'm not willing to be so nice here. I don't want to get too riled up, but I just want to say this. If you're out there right now, and you think that you would take Jalen Green over Cade Cunningham if you were in this position, then I respect your basketball opinion infinitely less. I think you don't know what you're talking about. I don't trust your opinions. You obviously didn't watch Oklahoma State play that much. And myself, I didn't watch. I could go the opposite way. You could say, Grant, you didn't watch every G League at night game. Hand up. I didn't. I don't really care about it. I don't care about the G League. I watched this highlight tape. I've had in the past, Alex turned me on to Jalen Green a little bit ago. And I was like, okay, stands out. I would love him at the fourth pick. Sure. I will, I'll say this. I think Jalen Suggs is better than Jalen Green. After watching today, I rewatched his highlight tape today for this podcast. Jalen yes. Green, and I have this fun little, not experiment, um, but just thought exercise here, this group think exercise. I've heard multiple people say Jalen Green can be like a locked and loaded 20-point scorer in the NBA in like his first couple seasons. By like year three, he'll be averaging like 20 a game. Sounds sweet, right? Like, okay, sign me up for that. But not really, because in today's NBA – Getting 20 points a game is not some like amazing achievement. There's like a lot of guys in the NBA, I'm going to give you a couple names, that average 20 points per game this season. 
okay? And for fairness, I'm gonna, anyone at 19.5 and up, I'm gonna round up to 20, which only helps my point because there's some gross names down there that wouldn't make the list if I just did like 19.6 didn't count. So let's start at 19.5 and go up and I'll just rattle a couple, okay? Tobias Harris, Malik Beasley, stud, stud. Fred Van Vliet, stud. Gordon Hayward, really Victor Oladipo, incredible. Kristaps Porzingis, Karis LeVert, Sabonis, Middleton, Terry Rozier, John Wall, Christian Wood, Malcolm Brogdon, Jamal Murray, Pascal Siakam, Jimmy Butler, DeRozan, our own Jeremy Grant. I mean, the list gets better as we get into the Colin Sexton, 24 points a game. What I'm trying to say is like, Yes, I would like a guy that can do that, but if you put Colin Sexton on the Pistons tomorrow, I don't think we're competing for the 10th seed in the playoffs and in the play-in tournament. I still think there's too many flaws with the team, whereas I'm trying to tell you that Kate Cunningham is just a different tier of basketball player, and like people use tiers in fantasy football drafts, like the difference. Kate Cunningham is in his own tier in this draft, and then there's like Suggs, Green, and Mobley underneath him. Because Kate Cunningham is not just like an athletic freak scorer, which Jalen Green is. And that's why I think he pops out on tape because he can dunk and he can blow by people. Kate Cunningham controls and dictates how a basketball game unfolds. Like plain and simple. He calms everyone down. He brings the ball up the floor. He can create for himself. He can pass like nobody's business. He passes better than Jalen Green a thousand percent. He plays solid defense, can block shots. And... This is one point that I did not want to miss because I, many people will bring up, well, Grant, Jalen Green played in the G League, so he was already getting to play against up-and-coming pros, veteran pros that are now in, in that league. And I'll, Jarrett Jack. And I'll, yeah, he played with him. So I'll admit, yes, his competition level in maybe the – they only played like 15 games in the G League, first of all, so they didn't even have that long of the season – but in those games, yeah, 15 games. In those games, whereas Kate Cunningham, before I get carried away, played 27. So we also got a couple, little bit more sample size. And Kate Cunningham gets the bright lights of March Madness to play under, which is another point I do not want to miss. But full circle here, yes, the like day-in, day-out competition in the G League can be higher. And there's more grown men factor in that. But here's the thing. That also means that Jalen Green had much better teammates. And I know Alex will attest, and I know, Evan, you watching up Oklahoma State basketball, is the people around Kate Cunningham stunk. Bad. Like, I don't want to crap and chop Oklahoma State, but they were so bad and so sloppy and didn't capitalize on all the plays that Cade made. Jalen Green was not getting, like, triangle defense, triple teams on him, whereas Cade Cunningham would get his man on him, the help defender on the wing, basically already more than halfway in the gap, stopping his drive. And then you have the guy guarding in the post, walked up so they're basically playing a triangle defense on him whenever he's out there like triple team basically Jalen Green is not having that in the G League they're spreading out they're you know playing in space like the NBA so if you're going to talk about the G League has better competition you also need to say well he had Jarrett Jack and Jonathan Kaminga another projected lottery pick next to him and other solid players whereas Kate Cunningham was basically backpacking a team of I almost said misfit toys, but I'm not going to say misfit toys. I would. Guys that got too sped up in the moment. And then the last point, not the last point, but the other point I need to rip off here before I forget is I love players in the NBA. And as we see in the playoffs that are not going to shrink in the last five minutes of game. And I know for a fact, I'm not saying Jalen Green cannot, 
but I know for a fact Kate Cunningham loves the bright lights, loves the moments. I can think about Kansas, the Oklahoma game, the Baylor game, where he rose up in the last minutes of games and made massive shots and made massive defensive plays where I know he's not going to disappear at the end of the game. And I love that, and I want that on my team. The clutch factor, you cannot really like handicap for. You just kind of you just know it when you see it, and he has it. So that's basically my argument for since I attack people saying if they wanted Jalen Green more than they're dumb. Yeah, I agree. I watched an Oklahoma State game against Texas, and Oklahoma State went like a good six possessions in a row without even giving the ball to Cade Cunningham. The just the uh, the lack of ability on that team was eye opening, and they still beat the national champions in a game. So you can thank Cade Cunningham for that solely. Yeah, I think they beat him twice, even maybe they were a top four seed. They were Evans push through to the final four. He's got to be. He's a huge Cade guy. Evans been a Cade guy. <laughs> so I guess you can guys can take it where you want, but I want to kind of hear from Evan a little bit on our have we started thinking about how Cade's play style would fit with this Pistons roster. Um, how, how do you kind of see Cade fade in with our team? Um, he's an athletic wing player. Like I've always said, he never hurts to have more athletes on the court at the same time. Um, I think Killian Hayes is like the true point guard um, that like maybe half-court stuff gets you into something, uh, whereas Cade can be like your transition point guard. He can be Leaf has to race a little bit better. He can attack, score, shoot a little bit better than Killian Hayes. Overall, Killian's a really good passer, defends pretty well. But, but like, Kate Cunningham's size just helps the Pistons. He's a, I think, 6'8", 6'7", wing player. Like I said, that can shoot consistently. And like you said, end of the games, he's there on defense. Well, I think he fits in the play style because now you have Bay and Cunningham on the wing with Killian being able to dish it to him. And now you have the ability to space the floor more often with the younger talent. Um, Killing's probably not a deep threat opportunity, but now you're giving driving lanes for Cunningham, maybe free up a little bit of Stewart a little bit more. And we saw Jeremy Grant on the team, so now he's going to have a little bit more freedom of movement on, in the offense where he's probably not going to get double teamed or have four eyes looking at him more often. You put a number one pick on a team – you're expecting him to be an all-star is what everybody thinks. Um, to now somebody has to be accountable for guarding Cunningham, and I think we'll be able to score easier. Uh, it's the NBA teams call the defense what it is, um, but I think it's only just going to help like the offense be able to move. Like now, you're not putting so much pressure on Hayes and Stewart and mm-hmm. Bay to do all the heavy loading if like Grant's not in. Um, now you have like a superstar that can be able to get you 20 points. Easily, I think, um, and probably be the NBA rookie of the year. Oh, yeah. Sprinkle that in. That gets me going. Olympian Jeremy Grant, too. Some respect on Mr. Jeremy Grant's name. I kind of – I'm a little nervous about Killian and Cade, but I trust, like, the development and the coaching staff to figure it out. There might be some growing pains there because they both seem like guys that do best when the ball's in their hand. And I had to, like, realize that when I watched back more of Cade's tape from Oklahoma State. Um, cause Kate's like an unbelievable passer and that's like Killian's go-to thing. I think, I think I'm kind of beating the drum here on repeating what other people have said in, in the NBA landscape. If, as long as Killian can continue to work on being like a, 
higher than like 32 to 35% catch and shoot three point shooter. He'll be fine off the ball from Cade because people won't be able to sag off of him. I don't worry about Cade being able to play off the ball. That dude can do like anything. And I think it really helps Sadiq Bey. He's going to get way more open threes. Um, Jeremy Grant, like you said, driving lanes and threes will be there. And alley-oops, uh, just another person that can throw great alley-oop passes to any of our centers. Alex, do you share any similar concerns with the Killian Cade backcourt, or how do you kind of see it? The puzzles I actually like fit. to fit a lot. Okay. I think it could work really well. Like you right. said, it's going to clear some space. I think Cade off the ball, actually, he could be better than on the ball. I that think, gets you going a little I bit. I think at Oklahoma State, he had to be on the ball all the time because, yeah. like we said, his team is bad. Yeah, but I was. think off the ball, he could really reach another level of scoring, even though he's already a ridiculous scorer. But he is a great passer, too. But Killian is not yet much of a scorer. So I like the idea of Killian running the offense. And then Cade, in space, will be able to do whatever he wants because he's never going to. Because Killian can drive. Cade's never going to get doubled. Killian's not going to get doubled because if you double them, Sadiq's open. Just There's so much athleticism on the floor with this team. Yeah. And with the, the backcourt, I think that the Pistons could be pretty solid in terms of you know their ceiling. Oh, a little tease for one of the next questions. But I like what you said there. It got me thinking back to Evan's point about I love the idea of Killian controlling the half-court offense if we get stale. And then, like Evan said, imagine a 6'8", Cade Cunningham grabbing his 7th rebound in the game, turning around, firing like a one-handed bounce pass in transition to someone, yeah. like running the floor. Like I love him as the transition point guard. And then obviously, late in game, you have your guy now. Your, I, I mean, Jeremy sure, Grant could be. Guy. Jeremy Grant could be. but And he will be in the meantime until Cade's like fully comfortable. But you have that guy at the end of games that you can rely on. And then you can also rely on Jeremy Grant too. So you've got two guys that can kind of go after it. But that... Leads us to our realistic expectations for this team. Again, we've reached the whole like dismissing any other theories about the first pick. This is all assuming we're taking Cade Cunningham, which if we have to positively speak into existence like we do with getting the first pick, we will. We are going to get Cade Cunningham. We are going to draft him. With him on our team, what are your expectations for next season, Evan? Maybe what's your realistic expectations? Then what's like the biggest ceiling you see for this team? Uh, realistic expectations will still miss. I still think we'll miss the playoffs due to depth on the bench. As you see, playoff teams they are deeper than everybody else. Um, no Saban Lee for you. Superstars. No Frank Jackson. <laughs> I'm sorry, you ain't gonna do it. I'm sorry. I still think we'll miss the playoffs. Obviously, we'll probably have more wins. More competitive, even though we were competitive in most games this year, I think we'll be even more competitive with the superstar on our team now. But like, I think the ceiling or what would be an impressive season is what you're competing for, like that temp spot. You're in like the, that play in those play in games. Um, I don't see almost getting higher than like seven or six. Now I could be wrong because the East has struggled with record wise and like team overall teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I see it. I don't, you're still a couple pieces away. You're still a couple years away because Killian's still 19. Kate Cunningham is 19. So ceiling, playing game, realistic, what I think is going to happen, still miss the playoffs. Damn. But more wins. Well, 
Mine's I feel like different. the I feel like the wind was taken out of our sails. We were hyping up. Um, you said yours were much different, Alex. Well, they were pretty different. Lay, lay that on the podcast real quick. I think my like floor expectation. Your real expectation. What I think is doable, because not only that do you I expect, not like trust Kate Cunningham. I trust Troy Weaver to build this team a little more in the in the off season as well. Get that depth. Mm-hmm. I think minimum we're you know ten seed in the playing games of the playoffs. I think that's like a minimum. I expect to be there. And I know people haven't you said it's too early and that's like a, a high ceiling type thing. But I, I really think that the Pistons have enough talent, even in their twenty and fifty two season or whatever they just had, they showed that they can compete. And they were in a lot of close games. And for context, the to get in that ten seed, you're looking at thirty six to thirty eight wins given on the year. So you're projecting sixteen to eighteen more wins for the Pistons with the addition of Kate Cunningham and whatever other roster moves are made going into this year. Yes. And I also got to think that near the end, the Pistons, you know, were executing the tank. Mm-hmm. No Jeremy Grant for a while so there. So they, they were losing games maybe on purpose, but they made it look believable. Minus when they had just no players available on nights. Now, Corey Joseph. Ceiling. Ceiling. I, I originally... I was thinking, and I was going to say that they could make the Eastern Conference Finals like the Hawks <laughs> did this year. I have since backtracked. Bro, that actually might be the most ridiculous thing. No, was. That was even a thought that you're seeing. I did. I really thought that because I was just thinking about the Hawks. And then I had to think to myself, Kate's not just going to walk in and be as good as Trey Young right away. It's no. going to take some time. Dude, the Hawks had the worst record in the league like two years ago with, with Trey. Right. I know. So <laughs> I backtracked off that. Which makes me nervous now that I just set it all up. <laughs> so I think best case scenario, like I said, Troy Weaver is going to have to add some pieces in free agency. Nothing huge, but depth pieces. And Cade's going to have to be already at an all-star level. So this is just, you know, this is ceiling. This is like fun. No, we get it. Just lay it on us. I think that NBA they, chance. they could get to maybe a World six or five seed and win their first round series and get to the Eastern Conference semifinals. Oh, my gosh. I that's think way too high. That's a ceiling. That's supposed to be the two opposite ends. And I think that is their their max potential next year. Dude, that's way too A surprising high. game seven win in round one and a sweep in the Eastern Conference semis <laughs> by the Nets. That would be the – yeah. The, All right. Well, I'm more in the middle, so I guess it's good that I went last. I share the same thought with Alex, but keep in mind for any listeners – and you guys, that I'm the fan that likes to set the bar too high so I can be disappointed. Like, I never go in thinking things are going to be negative. That's why every year I think Michigan football will beat Ohio State the week before the game because it just gets me going. In this case, though, I would say my expectations where I'll be disappointed if they do not happen is that we will be the 10 seed in the playing tournament. So sim- exactly the same as Alex. That's what I expect. That's what I think will happen. And that's just going off of... We don't really add anything flashy, you know? And then same thing, we don't add anything flashy. We have Killian, Cade, Sadiq, Jeremy, Isaiah, Plumley, whatever. How that shakes out. I think our ceiling is to win the playing tournament and be rewarded playing the one seed and then get knocked out then. 
Like that's that's where I see like the peak of this team, unless we do anything super small gap there. Yeah, because I, I I mean I expect us to make it. Um, I guess the middles we just don't win the playing tournament, and then our ceiling is like wow we got hot in two games and we knocked off the seven seed, and which you're looking I don't know seven seed like the Hornets the upstart Hornets maybe the Celtics stink and we beat the Celtics somehow, and we get to play like the Nets or the Bucks and get. Like we win one game, we gentlemen, we get gentlemen swept. That's why I see the ceiling. Now, for fun, to let your mind wander, we do a little deal where we ship out Killian and some picks. We bring back Ben Simmons to pair with this squad. We could be in the a top four seed in the East. We could be a top four seed in the East, looking at the conference finals if we play our oh, cards okay. right. You're not getting past the Nets. No matter what. Hey, injuries and happen. probably not the Bucks. Injuries happen. No, you're right. The Pistons aren't getting past Kevin Durant by himself. You're right. So, conference semifinals. But we'll win more. We won't get swept in them. We'll win like two games in the conference semifinals. I'll give you that. So, your ceiling is... But that's that. But that's not... That's, that's like if crazy... If we get Damian Lillard, if we get Kawhi, if we get Ben Simmons, all these guys that want out of their situations, we get Luka, I don't know. Let's get crazy. We, we land into one of those guys... Conference semifinals with K. Two wins. But realistically, play in tournament. That's where we'll be. And if it's below that, I'll be a little sad and I have to readjust. I can see us going lower than that. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. I mean, the because like look at the teams that made like, The Bulls should have had a better season, so you got to factor them. They were close. Right, but you have to factor them taking a step up, maybe, and being in the hunt there. The thing that I want to close out this with, and then you guys can give any parting shots you have, is another thing I remembered was people were kind of the weakness of Cade Cunningham they like to say is he's not super he doesn't he's not jump off the page athletic which Jalen Green is and I think that's why people get attracted to the Jalen Green uh dream I would like to say is like yeah even though sometimes Cade struggles to like beat a guy around the corner one-on-one look at the budding stars in the game Luka Doncic is not blowing by people Trey Young He's like shifty, but he's not like blow by speed. He's not De'Aaron Fox. He's like crafty and knows how to work around people. And he's a great passer. And then also look at Devin Booker. Devin Booker's not blowing by people. He's just crafty, knows how to get to his spots. And a thing that we get we see in these playoffs is that floater that Trey Young has that is so lethal and freezes defenses. Well, hey, Kate Cunningham, one of his best attributes is his, his mid-range floater and I was watching it again today and it's lethal and it just freezes defenses in the pick and roll so don't get twisted that that you have to be some freak athlete like there's LeBron's there's star there's stars there's Giannis's there's that route and then there's like these crafty players that have great shots Chris Middleton and know how to work around people in pick and roll situations that can become stars on your team so he's just gonna pull up in people's face he's good off the dribble and threes as well was there any uh, closing shots you guys had for that? Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, we were talking um, first. You're talking about outlooks on the team. Yes. I found this article. Um, they were talking about how the outlooks and Troy Weaver's involved. He used to be part of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and how he compared the current Pistons to his past Thunder team, the 08-09 season with the Thunder. Okay. So this Thunder team finished 23-59. <sighs> They had two young stars on their team named Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. I've heard of them. I have. Yes. The following season, they drafted James Harden. Heard of and him, And they too. added Serge Ibaka. He came over from Spain. 
What uh, acquisition? Troy Weaver did this. In terms of all in the Thunder's organization, did he do it firsthand? Like a Brad Holmes situation. Did he draft Aaron Donald? I don't know. <laughs> he had <laughs> yes. a say in the matter. <laughs> yes, he did. So after the Thunder added Harden and Baca, the Thunder jumped from a 23-win team to a 50-win team. And Evan, and two like years later, they were in the NBA Finals. Would you Shut like your mouth or ceiling? Shut your mouth. If the dominoes fall right, you could see the Pistons like rebuild and turn around it much quicker than it is. Restore. We're not rebuilding. We're restoring what was already. Oh, great that's effort. Brad's thing. No, that's Troy Weaver's thing. He says I'm restoring oh, the Pistons. Brad's a retool guy. Retool and restore. No rebuilds here. We're not building crap. We're restoring the entire car. Rebuilding. So now you look at us. We have Bay, Hayes, and Stewart. And now we're going to add Kate Cunningham. So you have a solid four guys. Yeah. So Jeremy Grant. It's early to say those guys are on those. They're Kevin, level, Russell Westbrook. I'm not, I'm not comparing those No, you guys did. Yeah, they were them. saying, the article says, but you have like, these guys aren't Durant or Westbrook, but never will be. But you have three solid players on the team. Two of them were named all-rookie NBAs. And then you look at, we are only our sailing cap for next year and the following year. It's all right, but not the greatest. We only have $54 million in cap. I'll take a million. For next year as of right now. But we have $33 million in dead cap money that we can't get rid of because of Blake Griffin. Thanks, Blake. That stinks. That hurts. Now that we're good. Our future's looking bright. I think not next upcoming season, but two years from now, I think it's like the brightest where you should start getting like invested. NBA finals. Um, yeah. And we still have three second round picks. And based off of what Troy Weaver did last November in the draft, you never know what's going to happen. I love that little tease and move up. Yeah, I guess our future is in the, like, you don't have to wear sunglasses to see. You know that, like, cheesy joke? A couple of years, you're going to need sunglasses for how bright our future is. But not right now. Okay, right. now, staying on the Pistons topic, yes. I have a couple hypothetical trade offers for you guys. Lay them on me. You are put on your, put on your GM cap. You're the, the now GM of the Pistons. Darko Milicic. And I'm giving you the first trade offer coming from the Houston Rockets. They're in love with Kate Cunningham. Mm. So am I. And there's rumors out there that the Pistons Pistons are in love with Jalen Green. He's reading my text. You get a phone call. It's the Houston Rockets. They're offering the second pick, the 23rd, and next year's first. Three first-round picks for the current first. And they're taking Kate. What's your move? Yeah, I mean, where are did you, you about it? Where did you get this information? No. They are they are taking Kate. No, I can't. I can't do that deal. Because the twenty third honestly means nothing to me. And next year's first probably will be a lottery pick, but you never know in the NBA. Like what if Kate's awesome and they make like the eighth seed and then it's like a middle of the tier pick and I just can't have that. Unprotected first next year. That's important. Yeah. Throw the condom out the window. It's unprotected. I think (laughs) I would consider it, and I would take Evan Mobley at two. Ew, dude, no. Evan Mobley was not a good fit on the Pistons That being said, I probably would say, no, thank you. I can't believe you said that. I don't even see how Evan Mobley. You have to give the other side so people just don't think we're Cade slappies. What if he sucks? Uh, I'm just talking about okay, my personal. Okay, but you accept opinion. the pick, at, and then we have the second pick, and all of a sudden the pick is in, and you pick Evan. Mobley. That's what I'm saying, dude. I I don't know if it's like big man, like bad taste in my mouth, 
But like, I would take both Jalen's and Cade over Evan Mobley as we sit on June 29th. Maybe that would change. The more I read about Evan Mobley, I mean, I think he's going to be star in the league. And now, and I get that. Second one, <laughs> I respect that. And the most outrageous, but maybe possible trade offer. Love that. Troy Weavers, former team we just talked about, the Oakland City Thunder, have just eighteen buttload of picks. The Eiserman plan. I mean, they have yes, what even greater. <laughs> they have three first rounds this year. Two next year. That's a joke. Four first rounds in 2023. <laughs> three first rounds in 2024. They're not going to be able to draft all this. They three first rounds in 2025. space. Yeah, they and don't. three in 2026. So what's the offer? So what do we get? You get a phone call from the Thunder saying, we want Kate Cunningham to stay in Oklahoma City. Okay. They're offering 11 picks for this first. You saw this somewhere? This they're offering you 11. Did you read this or did you just call it? Is this from the brain of Evan? I heard about it. <laughs> what? Hypothetical. 11? They offered picks? you 11. Well, how many are what first rounders? No. Because I don't have the roster space for 11 picks. I'll pass. No, thank you. you must have, they're not all in one year. They're spun out. You get you flip-flop picks this year. So we're in six. No. Okay, and then you get then you get the Clippers first round picks. So you're late for like late. 30, 29. Yeah. Evan, I can't. I can't do I'm, it because I cannot push success that much more down the road. I'm 23 years old and I want a title before I turn. I don't 30. want this rebuild going much longer. I'm passing. That seems like a longer, longer term rebuild. Unless we well, just trade all those picks. 11 picks for Evan. Luka. Yeah, but like. That's a lot of work as me, the GM. Like, that means I got to scout a lot of guys. I, and I just want Kim. It's no thank you for me. <laughs> I'm passing. You wouldn't think about it like harder. Like, I like Houston's really pick better. Shaking your boots. One. No, I don't think I have one that could shake your boots. It's almost laughable how ridiculous that trade is. That's why I wouldn't take it. That's aggressive. But Evan, Evan would take that. He's, it sounds Trey like is what it. I'm saying. Uh, I'm not saying I would take it because I mean I'm a kid coming in. Your body language said it all. But <laughs> you would have to like I would go down to literally the last second until I have to get that pick in to consider taking those eleven picks. I would. What about I would not? What about we, this is the podcast that we are fully in love with draft capital. I remember Alex sitting here. I'm not. I do not have draft capital. That's the NFL, Evan. I, the Pistons are close, and they're about to be even closer. This is not the time to take on a bunch of draft capital. The Lions stink, as we're about to find out in Jared a Goff. short seconds, how bad the bottom of the Lions roster is. Uh, Evan, for you, since you're Mr. Want to trade the first pick away, I just labeled you that. Evan's out of the club. See you later. No uh, more. I don't want that label, but feels bad if I can uh, Evan, you can pay a $5 cover next episode to get back in the Kate Cunningham club if you'd like. <laughs> you can't be on the podcast anymore. No, so no, no. Pay your $5 cover. You need both sides. Uh, Damn, that So the one that Zach Lowe from his <laughs> podcast said uh, throughout there, again, hypothetical. Someone threw it out to him when they were in Chicago. Um, I think we're the lottery. I don't, I don't know. They were in Chicago. Some guy threw out a proposal from the Warriors because the Warriors are looking to win now. They they have the seventh pick and the fourteenth pick, and they would throw in James Wiseman 
which was last year's uh, third pick. Evan just puked at that offer. Third pick, yeah. So you would not. Davion Mitchell, Evan. You get Davion Mitchell and, I don't know, another. Now he's back. <laughs> Davion Mitchell, James Wiseman, and another guy. I don't know. Would you do that? Evan loves Davion. Loves him. So I, the two picks, I get Davion, another um, potential decent player. And just Wiseman. James Wiseman is just he unknown. So he's unknown. Huge. Broke, no, he's broken. He's broken. Evan, he barely, he, he's like 16. <laughs> he didn't get to play because of the NCAA. He played like 12 games. So seven, you could get Davion Mitchell. No, for that's sure. already happening. And we're taking Franz. No, no, no. He's already gone. Keon Johnson. Maybe uh, Corey Kispert. No. No, thanks. Ty I Jones. Give me Cameron Thomas from LSU. Cam Thomas. Detroit sports talk show host. Chris Duarte. That, that talks during the two through six block on 97.1. <laughs> yes. Is in love with Corey Kispert. He thinks Ew. if you package your trades and trade up, it would be an ideal situation to have Kate Cunningham and Corey Kispert. I'd rather oh, just take a, together. I like Corey Kispert. Well, I would. I This is like pre, like the day, the week before draft talk. I would love to package our seconds up to get into like middle or late first round. Oh, agreed. Uh, I, it's be I, hard to do though. Trade, no, I do not want James Weissman, and I don't want to work on it. But Evan, all right, because what are you saying? Okay, NBA is all about spacing. With James Weissman as a Stewart, your spacing is gone. Look at the 76ers and how they cannot succeed because Ben Simmons. And Joel Embiid cannot mesh on offense because there's no spacing for them. And because facts. Ben Simmons can't shoot a basketball. Also facts. I'd rather – I agree with Evan. I'd rather – Did you see James Wiseman? I wouldn't take that trade either. That's why I don't – can't score. That's why I, I don't – that I don't love Mobley because I don't want Isaiah to have to be like our sixth man, and I don't want to play both of them together. If that – What about Rasheed and Ben there? Wallace making it work? Yeah, in 2004, 2004. that was sweet. But like – Title – Today's NBA is just it's just different. Like you a lot of teams go small. Look at what the the Clippers are doing. They Zubac didn't play and they Giannis won that game. Brooke last Lopez. Night. Their offense is terrible, so that makes sense. So I don't and know. They should get rid of Brooke Lopez. They need to go smaller. It seems like we have way. more not questions really, but just there's a lot of things going on. I but I'm glad we all agree. A little sus on Evan about drafting Kate Cunningham one. He's out on it. He I'm just teasing. Picks instead. We'll see how it evolves. I'm the first one to buy his jersey, so it's okay. Oh, that would firmly get you in the club. All right. Well, I will see with that, and we'll be keeping our eye on this team. To close it out here, uh, briefly, we have July 4th coming up. Awesome. Obligatory. I hope everyone has a great July 4th. And be safe. Do not. Uh, fireworks are no joke. Don't mess around with them. Be, uh, be cautious with them. Uh, but in the spirit of America, what are some of your guys' favorite things about America or your favorite thing that just about makes you get America. ready for July 4th? That's such a broad thing. What do I love about America? Yeah. What do you love about the 4th of July, Alex? I love our flag. Our flag is so cool. I was going to say our colors, red, white, and blue. I really enjoy those. Together. Hot gets dogs. Me going. I love hot dogs. Lakes. Boats. No. Grilling out, eating meat, barbecue, drinking beer, and barbecue. It's barbecue season. Oh, and then, yes. um, you know, late at night, sun goes down, cools off, shoot off a bunch of fireworks. I love, Make things blow up. I love uh, 
when the domestic beers like Budweiser and Natty Lights and all them they make in Bush Lights they make their like American themed cases. Like we go to the store and like I went to Meyer the other day and they have like their new Bud Light case. It's like red, white, and blue themed. I'm like, yes, we're in the middle of summer, like America. Let's go. I love that. I love all the dudes that rock the uh, United States of America swim trunks. I mean, there's millions of them out there. Every dude's rocking them, and I, I can't can't argue with it. Anything else American? This is basically just our summer segment. No. Yes, it's it actually is. not. I love when uh, the United States rallies behind an U.S. national team in any sport. Oh, yeah, the Olympics. So the Olympics. Yeah. All right. That's good enough for me to close this thing out. Uh, follow us. At shot of shot of ms on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Facebook. TikTok is at shot of Michigan Sports. Gmail is at shot of or just shot of Michigan Sports at gmail.com. Socials are the best place for any clips, interactions with us, um, likes, comments, all that good stuff. Email is good for business inquiries. Any ads you have? How to listen to the show? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Depending on the platform, please follow it, subscribe to it write a review for it, leave a five-star rating for it. Um, it mean a lot. It's all free to do. Nothing's paid for with that. And like I said, submit any questions you want to this show via the social media accounts or the email, and we will do our best to answer them for you and make it more interactive for you. So with that all being said, cheers to close out episode 27, and I'll be cheersing to our beautiful country, America, and having a great July 4th. America. God bless America. Mm.